frequency of heaven I wanna be Good morning and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. This is Pastor Caleb Plum. This is a Tuesday morning. It's a little frigid outside, but we're gonna be talking about how God made you. Okay, this is a key phrase. God made you to change atmospheres. Heavenly Father, we love you. We pray for a fresh outpouring. We pray for a fresh fire. We pray for a fresh love. God, there's so many things in this world that want to drain us of our love, but without our love, we have no connection with you because you are the God of love. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with love. Fill us with your glorious hope that you can fix anything and you can fix anyone and you can do anything, God. Give us a bigger, bigger, bigger vision of you and let the things of this world become so much smaller because you are so glorious, Lord. By your stripes, we're healed and I speak healing and life to every soul listening, every rejection, every fear and everything in their physical body, Lord, you bring healing by the power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Galatians chapter two, you were made to change atmospheres. Now in, in the book of Galatians, Paul is writing a group of people that had started off as Jews, converted to Christianity, but over time, uh, they want to go back to their old ways of living in Judaism. And it was hard for them sometimes because they might get kicked out of the synagogue. Uh, they might, uh, their kids might not be able to go to certain schools. And so there was a group that they were tempted to kind of compromise and say, well, I can have a foot in both worlds. I can be a Christian and I can hang out with these Jews. And today I want to talk to you about um, not letting the fear of what people think be a snare. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man is a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. One of the strategies of Satan in your life to keep you lukewarm, uh, maybe not even to completely destroy your faith, but just to keep you ineffective is to cause you to be fearful of what other people think. We need to be sensitive to the people around us, but we need to have the fire of the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts chapter two, verse 13, on the day of Pentecost, when the fire came, those people were accused of being drunk. They were so in love and on fire for Jesus or jumping and dancing around. They were accused of being drunk at nine o'clock in the morning and they didn't care. And guess what happened? 3,000 souls got baptized. Yeah. We need more radical, on fire, unashamed, born again, identity filled that I am blood bought, heaven bound, born again Christians. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ooh, getting fired up today. So this is Galatians 2.11. When Cephas, that's another name for Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him, Paul said. So Peter and Paul had a little, you know, tiff here because he stood condemned for, uh, before certain men came back from James, he, Peter, used to eat with Gentiles, used to hang out with the not as popular kids. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Oh, the cool kids. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. And so there's this real temptation at times to see what's going on. Now, through the holidays, we're going to be around family. We're going to be around friends. We're going to be around people. They don't necessarily believe what we believe. 
And and the question is, are you going to let your light shine? Or are you going to hide it under the bushel? <laughs> you know, the Lord is inviting us not to be ashamed, not to conform to the patterns of this world. That's Remember, that's Romans 12 too. Don't conform, but be transformed. And why does he say that? Because there's a great temptation, no matter what environment you are in, to begin to kind of become like that. I was listening to a young student, a man the other day, who I know was grown up in church and, and was baptized and lived for Christ, and out slipped. Now, he's studying and, and trying to get his education, and he's at a liberal university, and out of his mouth in front of uh, a few of us, slipped a very liberal new way of thinking about the Bible. And and he said it without any shame. And you could just tell, oh, he has conformed. I promise you he was not taught what he just said. And I promise you that he's learned that at the university. And and it's really, really easy when you get in all different kinds of environments. And I, I feel even as the Lord put this on my heart really strong today that he's warning me just to be aware you know, sometimes you get the fire, but there's Christians who they're like, well, you know, you're you're a little radical. You're you're a little out there. Yeah, yeah, I am. You know, my my savior took a cross up a hill on a Friday and laid his arms open wide and took the nails from me and and I was a sinner headed to hell, no hope, and he saved me. So yeah, I'm I'm a little crazy, I'm a little fanatical for Jesus, and I think it's okay. <laughs> And so we we are those who are called to, what's he say in Matthew 28? Go into all the world and make disciples. And he, Jesus says, I have authority. And he shares that, the responsibility of that authority with us. And we can't hold back. We can't be ashamed. Now, Jesus was sensitive to atmospheres. Now, if you read John chapter 11, this is a very, very critical moment. In fact, after Jesus raised raises Lazarus from the dead in John 11. It's really, some, some scholars call it the last straw. You can even read the very end of John 11 when they saw Lazarus really was dead and then Jesus really raised him. They're like, okay, that's it. We, we have to kill this guy. We have to take him out. And so Jesus was not willing to conform to their expectations. They wanted Jesus to be quiet. They wanted Jesus to go away. They definitely didn't want Jesus to do any impressive miracles and deceive in their minds to deceive the people. But, you know, Jesus, in the midst of changing atmospheres, he was, he was also sensitive because he was going to walk up there. Remember the verse in John 11? It's the shortest Bible verse. Jesus wept. Mary and Martha are hurting. Their brother's dead. They don't understand what Jesus is going to do. Jesus found out about it, but intentionally waited to come raise Lazarus. And so when he shows up, there's two things going on. And this is this is very important. When we talk about changing atmospheres, we're talking about the love and the fire together. This is huge because he had the fire. I don't care what Pharisees say. I'm going to do what my father says. And by the way, he's coming to tear down the walls around your heart, Pharisees, and to open your heart to a bigger that new thing called the gospel and we're moving on from what Moses brought us in the law. And so he was unashamed of that, but he also was sensitive. These two women just lost their brother. And so he wept with them, right? Then he calls Lazarus forth. So he wasn't a jerk. He wasn't uh, cocky. He wasn't in their face about it. He just didn't have a fear of what people thought. 
he he was probably 29 25 he 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 was fearless in this and and he went and he did exactly what god called him to and i want you to think about it when i was with my uncle over the weekend we um, had 6 hours of car time together and we got to talking about um, the atomic bomb. I has, he, he's an engineer and, and a really smart guy. And I was asking him different questions. And we got to talking about his dad, my grandpa, Paul Plum. And he trained people in World War II to fly. He was a pilot, but he also had uh, some physical limitations. And so he uh, became a trainer for the military. And um, I can't remember what was said, but my uncle John brought up a story I'd never heard before. And then he actually this morning just sent this to me, this article, because I was interested. But in 1944, U.S. Lieutenant Colonel Paul Tibbetts was put in charge of teaching some pilots to fly this new, bigger, complicated plane, the B-29, because the B-29 was going to drop the atomic bomb. And so they needed this bigger plane, but it was bigger, it was complicated, and it actually had a little bit of history of catching on fire. (laughs) So 25-year-old Lieutenant Colonel Paul Tibbetts in 1944 had a little trouble getting people to sign up for this. You know, none of the men wanted to go up as experimental test pilots and and try to fly this B-29. So this guy who's been put in charge by the U.S. government, we need some people to be able to fly this plane, we need to train them so that we can fly this bomb over to Japan, um, he came up with a brilliant idea. He found two women who were willing, they need to make a movie about this. (laughs) They they found two women that were willing to fly this plane. Now I read in one of the articles, I was reading an article on pbs.com, he didn't fully tell them how dangerous this plane was. So that might've helped. But these women get in this plane that none of the big men would fly. And uh, they were kind of ashamed of it after a while. Cause so they, not even, I don't even think for a full week, but for a few days, these women made several runs and it was publicized enough that all the men knew, hey, there's these women out here doing something we were too scared to do. And then finally, they were put into the cockpit and these two women actually never flew the B-29 again. But sometimes someone who doesn't have fear, someone who maybe they're looking for their shot, you know, because sometimes you feel like a bench warmer and you get your shot, you're going to take it. But when it comes to Jesus, we have to understand when we step up and we refuse to have the fear of man, it affects the people around us. When Paul, or when Peter was led astray, it led to many other people being led astray. When these two women were fearless, it led to the men being fearless. Now let's go to Daniel chapter three. You know this story. Nebuchadnezzar has erected an image. He said, everyone's gonna bow down to it. And if they don't, they're gonna be thrown into the fire. Verse 19, Daniel three. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. His attitude toward them changed, right? They had been these up and coming, really smart, handsome Hebrew men who were gonna be used by the Babylonian government in politics and things, but they refused to bow down to his golden image. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the flaming, blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
and these three men uh, were firmly tied. They fell into the blazing furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there only three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come out here, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps and the prefects, governors and royal advisors crowded around them and they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who has sent his angel to rescue his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other God, their own God. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now listen, not every time you stand up for God are you gonna get promoted. And the thing is, this fire, uh, there's many martyrs who didn't, they were not saved this way. They stood up for Christ and the firing squad shot, the fire was lit and they died. But they died knowing they'd stood up for Christ. They did not conform. That fear of man did not control them. Uh, there, there's so many different ways. You know, sometimes when we conform, there's like, okay, the kids were trying to get you to do drugs, which is illegal and, and horrible for your body. You know, it's a sin. And, but sometimes the ways that people are trying to get you to conform just into little things of lukewarmness, being so materialistic, there's no, remember 1 John 2 says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father can't be in them. And sometimes we're, especially, you know, during the holiday, we, we get so worldly minded and, and we're not prayer minded, we're not word minded, we're not uh, telling people about Jesus. And we need Christians who are unashamed, born again, on fire, who know that, yes, they might be laughed at. Yes, they might be rejected. But it says in, in Matthew 10, in Matthew 10, I think it's verse 34 and 35, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of him. But whoever is not ashamed of me, Jesus says, I will not be ashamed of him. Do not let the fear of man control you. First Peter 3, 15, you know this one. This is a great one as we head into the holidays. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So there we go with Jesus in John 11. He was gentle towards the Pharisees, but he, he, was, he was very much on fire. He was gonna do what the father said do, even if it led to him being arrested and killed just a short time later. Keeping a clear conscience, it says in verse 16 of 1 Peter 3, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So there, there's, again, there's the fire and the love. You were made to change atmospheres with fire and love. Not backing down to the world, but not being mean and cruel and, and cocky and in your face about it. Not, not being dogmatic in such a way as where it just turns into an argument. But we are to hold our ground. We are to, and I'm gonna tell you the light and the joy the love and the joy alive in you. Be the light. 
Be the light. Jesus is the ultimate light of the world, but let his light shine in you. When you walk around Menards, when you walk around Walmart, when you walk around Hy-Vee, wherever you are, let his light be in your face. Look at people. You, you and I have more reason to have hope than anybody on earth. We should have more hope than anyone. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We were headed to hell, but now we're headed to heaven. We should have more light. Now, I want you to see that in 1 Peter 3.15 that I think the key to all of this verse is the first line. Revere Christ as Lord. Did you notice that, 1 Peter 3.15? Listen, if we don't revere him really, as Lord, we will conform to whoever's around us, to whoever, you know, whether it's a lukewarm Christian or a backslidden Christian or a complete atheist, we'll conform. If we don't really revere him and have that, that love. I was um, reading, um, well, actually, something happened yesterday. I'll just close with this testimony. And I felt the love kind of go out of my heart. Something was said that it just frustrated me. And I went on a walk and I had a talk with Jesus and I, and I knew he would come and help me. And I just love it how he comes um, so faithfully every single time. And I saw the verse, I did an entire sermon series on. I was just walking up at the soccer fields near my house and I saw Hebrews twelve twenty eight. So I did a whole sermon series on this, but let's read this one verse again. And 29, and remember the unshakable kingdom that's alive in you. You are born to change atmospheres, not to be changed by them. Hebrews 12, 28 says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, everything around you might get shaken, that people might get shaken, your circumstances get shaken, but the kingdom of Jesus in your heart is unshakable. Therefore, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably or in a pleasing way with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, there was a fire in them that was hotter than the fire around them. That's the key to having the love in the fire. Heavenly Father, we love you. We need you. And we, we all make mistakes with fear. Forgive us. But I just pray, I pray you would kindle again the flame. You'd make it hotter. I pray that we would be unashamed. I pray for an endowment of the Holy Spirit, not to be mean or arrogant with our faith, but to be bold and relentless and have the love and the joy that is consistent. Jesus in the manger reading light, the shepherds saw one glimpse of him and had to go tell everybody on the mountain, God, give us faith this Christmas and give us fire. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, have an awesome week, beloved. I want to be on the frequency of heaven. I want to be on the frequency.